This is episode 16 with Long Island Brooklyn head women's basketball coach Stephanie Del Piori. Guys, we are back for another great BCLE. Thanks so much for joining us. I know we took an extended break, but we're back with brand new episodes for the month of January, February, and the rest of the year. Today, you're in for a special treat. Head coach of the women's basketball team at Long Island, Brooklyn, Coach Stephanie Del Piori joins us. She talks about her track from being a great player at Marist, from her head coaching positions at a young age to being at Seton Hall, and now taking control of her own Division I basketball program. She is enthusiastic. She is contagious. She has so much energy. Sit back and enjoy this amazing episode on the BCLE. All right, guys, welcome to another great edition of the BCLE, the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. And I've got a great guest today. She is officially my very first person friend that I met in women's college basketball almost six years ago right now. Give it up for the head coach at Long Island, Brooklyn, Stephanie, shoot, I can never say this right, Del Priori. Yes. 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 What's going on? Not much. Uh, You know, getting into it now, it's season, full speed ahead, and got some film stuff today, getting on the road again this week, and just really excited that games have started. Now, I know, I appreciate you taking the time. It's it's season time. We're all in it. We're all in what they call the grind. I still don't know what that means, but... That's what we're in. I want to go quickly. Now, you you had a, a we're going to talk about your career. We'll talk about leadership. We'll talk about where you are. Okay. I talk 100 miles a minute, but you were a tremendous player at Marist. Yeah, I was okay. <laughs> yes, I played at Marist. I graduated in 2004. Uh, my senior year was the first year we ever won the MAC championship. I was um, MVP of the MAC championship, um, which is awesome but I was more excited that we were able to be the first to ever win it and then after that I believe since then since 2004 I believe they've won 10 championships so, so. basically you started everything yeah I mean basically <laughs> they actually have a shirt that I saw at a game recently somebody was wearing a shirt at Marist and it said it had the 2004 trophy on it and then all the other trophies and the shirt said Beginning of an era, start of a dynasty. And I tapped the guy on the shoulder. I'm like, hey, can I get me one of those? Like, I started this. This is me. I'm, like, I'm kind of 2004. And he was like, oh, my God, Del Priori. I'm like, what's up? Like, really cool. But they're doing a lot of good things over there. Really proud to be a, an alumni of Marist for sure. Now, I know you're a little modest on your career. But, I mean, come on now. You finished sixth on the all-time scoring list. Fifth yeah. in career rebounds. So you're yeah. pretty tough. Yeah, I was a, you know, undersized post player, athletic. I just loved playing. So I did honestly whatever my coach told me. And then, and you, I had went, and then you went fun. overseas, right? I did. I played in Spain. Um, I led my team in Spain in the same categories. Um, it was awesome. I mean, I think I fouled out of every game in Spain, but I think it was worth it. Totally right, so, worth it. so you came back. Kind of talk to us about your path a little bit from, you know, you were at Caldwell, all these different schools. You were head coach at a very young age as well, too. And now being the head leader at Long Island? Um, it's, it's awesome. This is, I believe I started my 11th year of college coaching, wow. um, which is wild. Um, when I came back from Spain, I knew I wanted to coach, so kind of just volunteered at like local high schools. And then I was uh, at Caldwell College, which is a Division II school in New Jersey, uh, with Linda Simino, who's now the head coach at Binghamton. 
she gave me my first opportunity of being a college coach because prior to that, anywhere that I kind of talked to, they kept telling me I needed experience. And I kept saying, well, how am I going to get experience if you don't hire me? Right. It doesn't really make sense. And I had just played pro. So that's a pretty good experience if you ask me. Um, so then from there, I went to Stevens. Uh, Institute of Technology, a Division three school in Hoboken, where by my third year there, I became their interim head coach. Um, and then I left Stevens to be the head coach at the University of Bridgeport, which is a Division two school. I was there for three years. We went to the championship my first year. Um, I, when I left, we were ranked in the region and won 18 games, and I left it in pretty good shape. I was happy with how I left it. Um, it was terrible to leave my players, but um, I moved kind of onward and upward to be the top assistant at Seton Hall. Now, I'm going to stop you right there because I think you, you hit a great point is there's a, either people trying to get into college coaching or they're just trying to get a break. And, and how did you, I know we've talked about this before, but how did you talk your way <laughs> into getting the positions that, that, that you got? Um, honestly, that's exactly what I did. I talked. Um, <laughs> I, don't <know> if, <laughs> I don't know if anybody like necessarily cared about my accolades as a player, um, but more about like really what I had to say about it how I became a better player. Like when I played at Maris, my first couple of years, my first two years, we maybe won six, five or six games. Mm. And then by my senior year, we were, we won the championship. And my biggest, I guess, selling point is that I've been a part of a turnaround. I've been a part of a coaching change. I've been a part of every single thing you could imagine from winning six games to winning 20 to not even getting a nod to an all conference team to being MVP. And I kind of went through all of that. So I think that that was like my biggest selling point because I can relate to players because I've literally been through everything. Um, and it's awesome now because my players feel comfortable talking to me about all the changes you go through and playing and coaching changes and, and all that kind of stuff. And I've helped turn around the program I played for and in turn all the college teams that I've coached. I also have been a part of a turnaround with them as well. Now, did you actually put things down on paper that you wanted to, to say or like how, like how did you learn how to talk because I think when you finish playing when when you don't know what what you're going to do and then mm -hmm. now you're sitting in front of a coach who's a head coach and as a foreign player you always have that respect that player Absolutely. head coach so like how are you trying to get in there like did you look in the mirror did you practice oh yeah I definitely practice I practice everything are you kidding me I practice how I walk up and down the sidelines and, and yell at the refs before a game like I practice everything I'm very I need to be able to do everything before and I honestly um I wrote everything down I'm very like crazy organized. And I wrote down like bullet points of um, my strengths and bullet points of my weaknesses, because I know they always need to know that. And I'm always very honest. And um, I think, honestly, I think I can just talk to people honestly. And I think that they can see that. And I think honest, like my passion behind everything I do is pretty evident in the way I coach and the way I speak. Um, and I think that that's got me to where I am now. Yeah. No, you 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 say you have passion about everything. It could be yeah. about cake pops, Love it. lasagna, Love it. to winning. Uh, it's it's it. all that. Now, yeah. you finish at Bridgeport. Mm -hmm. This is when really the your, your whole life just changed because you went to Seton Hall and you met your very first friend in women's divisional yeah. basketball, me. But talk about Seton Hall. You're there for two years, top assistant, boom. Um, yeah, my goal was to go to Seton Hall and help turn around the program. I grew up in New Jersey. I wanted to play at Seton Hall. They did not recruit me. I still joke with the former coach about that. She's now at St. Peter's. Um, and, you know, I met with the head coach, Tony Bazella, and I, 
he's been a mentor of mine. He coached against me when I played and I'm like, I will absolutely, you know, come work for you. I've always wanted to coach in the Big East. I've always wanted to play at Seton Hall. It just took 30 years for them to get me there. Fine. <laughs> um, and I, I know what they're capable of. Uh, I know it, what the location of the school can bring. And I know how good academically it was. And I was like, listen, I'll come be your top assistant. And I'm going to give you two years before I want to move on to be a head coach. And in those two years, like we're going to, we're going to get this done. And, and we did. Um, and that was something else like we put down on paper, like, this is our goal. This is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. Um, and it worked out really well for us. I mean, my two years there, NCAA tournament team, regular season champions, nationally ranked, getting in top players. I learned so much about that level. I learned so much about, you know, from compliance to recruiting to everything I actually needed to know to then get to where I am now, which was an unbelievable experience. And I'm forever in debt to Seton Hall because um, they treated me very well while I was there. Now, you're at a great school, Long Island, Brooklyn. Talk yep. about how it was when you got there, what you've done. I know you have a lot of energy, enthusiasm. <laughs> and you, bring, you bring it. Whatever it is, you bring it every single day. What, now, this is your second year. Second year? Third. I'm sorry. I started my third. Shows where my mind is. What is happening? Third year. Talk about your experiences there and what you've learned and what you're taking from it. Um, so I started here um, three years ago. And it's unbelievable. So prior, like speaking of like interviews and everything, prior to getting this job, I saw that the job was open and I did not know much about it. I knew they were in the NEC and I knew it's a great conference because there's no like flagship team in the conference and anybody can win at any given time here. Um, but that's all I knew was the NEC. So I came out to Brooklyn actually with my sister and we did an admissions tour and I pretended I was like an incoming freshman. True story. And during the tour, I wanted to see if it's a place that if they sell me, like if I can sell it type of thing. Right. So after like at the end of the tour, I'm walking with my sister. And we're like big fans of like putting things out there, putting out good energy and all that. So at the end of the tour, she looks at me and she's like, you're totally going to be the next head coach here. And I look at her and I'm like, yeah, we're, I'm going to win a championship in the next five years here. And she was like, OK, good. So we got in the car and I applied on my cell phone for <laughs> the job. <laughs> then we got to eat in Park Slope. Like it was the coolest thing. And six weeks later I had the job and um, I actually talked to my boss a lot about the interview process and one of the like what what why they picked me over other people because I know there was amazing candidates. And they said one of the biggest things that got me my on campus interview was when they asked me to tell them what I knew about the school, I replied, well, I was there last week on an admissions tour, so I could tell you everything you want to know. <laughs> and they were like, oh my gosh. And I was like, yeah. So that was pretty awesome. And then right after my interview, I actually dropped um, a, like a handwritten thank you note in the mailbox on Flatbush Ave to everybody that interviewed me. Mm. Like I wrote them, dropped right. them in, and got them like two days later. And they're like, this girl's crazy. Like, I'm like, yeah, I just really want this job. Um, but yeah, I have, a, I have an amazing staff. Um, love my team, love my recruits that I have coming in. I have some players, um, still on the team that I didn't recruit, but they're my kids. They're my recruits now. And they've bought completely into what we want to do. And, um, you know, we're just trying to turn it around. They've won one championship before actually under my boss from Seton Hall. He won the championship here years ago. So trying to do that. Um, and really we've, we've improved academically. We've broken to, I want to say like the top 30 nationally academically. Um, we've had some some good, uh, good wins this year and we're successful in everything right now. It's just, we now need to do it on the court and yeah. we're getting there. I'm super proud of the progress that we've made. That's awesome. Now let's rewind a little bit. You talked about, you went on this tour and you and your sister, and <laughs> you basically put name it tag. out there like you <laughs> with the name tag. Hi. Yeah. I'm, I'm like class of 2022. What's up? <laughs> so you, how important is it to you putting it out there? Like Huge. saying it into existence. How is that in your personal life? It's, I do it with everything. Um, I, I'm very like 
big on like good vibes and just good energy and keeping the things positive and always trying to find a positive side of it. Like, listen, everybody can be negative, but you got to be able to pad a negative with a positive every so often. Um, and honestly, we kept saying it and then we went to dinner. We found this great little Sicilian place at, in Park Slope. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to eat here every day because I'm going to live here because I'm going right. to get this job. Like, <laughs> it was pretty funny. And and I remember like during my phone interview, just having everything out in front of me, like notes, and I didn't even need any of it. Like I remember taking a picture because I had notes and like diagrams and positives and negatives, and I didn't need any of it. I was just able to talk honestly about it. It wasn't like I was um, bullying my way into getting this job. I just was so honest with them and it worked out really well. <laughs> yeah, I, I think being honest with them, but then being honest with yourself. I yeah. Mean, I think a lot of times so many people aren't honest with themselves, which then the fear kicks in and they stop moving forward. Before we continue, I'd like to thank some of our sponsors. Dr. Dish Basketball provides their premier training machines in the world with next level analytics and versatility. Their newest innovation, Skill Builder, is the first of its kind and allows coaches and players to stay connected. Through Skill Builder, you can choose or create complete workouts combining shooting, ball handling, conditioning, and agility drills. Check out drdishbasketball.com for more details and info. And from Athletic Director U, which was founded with one goal in mind, to empower the college athletics community by delivering action-oriented insight and best practices from accomplished executives, top researchers, and the industry's most influential thought leaders. Athletic Director U seeks to create a transformative learning platform for all members of its community. Visit athleticdirectoru.com and sign up for their informative daily newsletter. Now, I, I follow you on every social media, <laughs> and, and you, you exude positivity. Like, I, I see you when, when you guys have the huddle with the team, everyone's holding hands or locked arms, you know, the Love. different things that you do was that's obviously that's something a big part of you. Yeah. How have you gotten your team to buy into that culture and that love? We've honestly from my from seeing it from my staff, like my staff is a family and my team is a family and we're all pieces of that. And our biggest thing is pieces of like all oh, everybody has to be a piece of the puzzle. So the whole locking arms, holding hands, like we're always all together and it's not forced and they see it and they they also see that we're human outside mm -hmm. of basketball and they see that we can laugh and joke and have fun and like we play music every practice to start practice and like they'll catch like my staff or me like dancing or singing and they're like oh my gosh like they're cool you know so they've kind of really bought into that and they lead the way with it now which is awesome to see like I forgot I don't even know I was like running late to practice because I was in a meeting and they already like were holding hands like waiting for me to come down and I was like hmm like normally they would just start ball handling and be like right. oh we'll do it later like they were in the circle holding hands like waiting for me and we always say you know we pray before practice and um I always say pray to someone I don't care who it is pray to someone put your heads down you know talk to someone and the other day I didn't say it I just kind of put my head down I was like game mode and I hear one of my players go all right talk to someone and I was like oh my god <laughs> I'm like, just talk to someone, put something out there. So it's, it's awesome. And we always talk, you know, about like energy and I try to tell my kids, you know, and this is something that I think helped change the culture. I'm like, for me, like the two hours I get to be on the court is like Christmas day for me. I'm like, it's so fun. Like being in the office, you know how it is like all this stuff, not, not super fun, but like stepping on the court to recruit or stepping on the court for practice is like Christmas. It's like the best feeling in the world. I'm like, and you guys get to do this every day. Like, so and when you're inside these lines, like enjoy every second, whether you're running a sprint or I'm yelling at you, try to find the positive and enjoy it. And, and they've really, really bought into that this year. It's like the most exciting feeling as a coach to 
to watch them like when they stretch, they have energy, you know, I'm like, we're here, like we've made it now. And we got to do some other things. But yeah, it's, it's awesome. Now, how much has times have changed? Because I, I know today, a lot more of our student athletes, they want a great relationship with their yeah. coach. That's all they want. <laughs> yeah, so how much has that changed from when you played? I mean, you just graduated in 2000. Was it 2004 you graduated? 2004. Not yeah. that long ago, and to change well, now. It's changed tremendously. Now, now, do you see it? It's, is it because of, of they play extra games? Is it how they're raised? What, what is it, you think? I think it's the – I honestly think it's the feeling of, uh, like, being welcomed and being accepted. And I think that – the ultimate acceptance, you know, you want your parents to be happy with everything you do and you want your parents to accept you. And in turn, like I'm their mom, you know, I'm that, and that's what they want. And I think it's outside of basketball. I don't think they want me to pat them on the back and be like, great shot. Like they're going to hear that. And they know that like they're doing that because that's what they're here for. Um, I think it's really just outside of that, that they want the acceptance and the relationship with the coach. And um, it's worked like it's been something that I've had to adjust to. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, if my coach is calling me in, I'm in trouble. Right. Like I was like, <laughs> what I don't want to go to his office. Whereas now, like I always have an open door policy. Now, like my kids are in here all day, every day. I got a million snacks. They're talking to me, asking me about my niece, you know, asking how my weekend was. Oh, I like your new bag. Like it's, it's cool. You know, like, and it's, I really think it's just the level of acceptance that they want to make sure like they're okay. Um, and what I did this year in October, every Thursday, I took a different class, like freshman, sophomore, junior, senior to dinner, wherever they wanted. And it was so like, we all got dressed up each and they picked wherever they want. And it was so much fun. Like they had me rolling. Like I was crying, laughing. They were just talking like a normal dinner, nothing basketball, nothing really LIU, just about like their lives and their families and their boyfriends and their girlfriends. And it was really, really cool to do that with them. And I'm, I'm probably going to do it again in January. It was, it was a fun experience to do that with them. Now, why do you think you've been able to, you're a bit, you're huge on family. I've met your mom. I've met your family. Right, you're huge with that, and I've met a lot of coaches who, who are also huge on family, but they have a problem, or they, they something gets in the way where they're not able to make that transition to bring their family or that type of atmosphere to their team. Is there something you could tell anybody out there, like things that you've kind of really been really aware of to bring that together with your culture? Um, I think it's just showing the vulnerability that I have with my family and showing like, like my mom's at like all my games, my nieces at all my games and showing that they literally melt my heart when they come to the games and just showing that how much it means to me. Though I'm not playing, my family still rolls like 30 deep to every game. Mm-hmm. Like I need to borrow <laughs> people's comps. Like I was a player. Right. I'm like, I use the comp list like under yours, like for my family and they see how much it means to me, um, how much my family means to me. And then Honestly, in the recruiting process, I'm like, bring everybody, like, let's go. You know, I want to meet your dad and your mom and your grandma. And I want to know everybody because it means so much. Because at the end of the day, like basketball is eventually going to end. You need your family there. Um, And I went through a lot as a player with my family to put me in now this position to make sure like they're the closest people in my life. Like, and it's funny. So my, my niece who's two hasn't been to a game yet. And my players are like mad at me about it. <laughs> like at night, like the kids got to sleep and they're like, why are you holding her hostage from us? Right. We need to see her. So I'm like, okay, so she's coming to the game this Sunday, but it's like, they know my family. They hug my mom. They hug my sister. They gave my sister a birthday card, my niece, a birthday card. Like, and in turn, like I'm the same way with their families. Like, you know, we lost the other day at uh, Lafayette and I, you know, I'm walking to the bus just trying to keep my head down and not cause any problems. And all the parents come up to me. They're like, Hey coach, it's okay. You're going to get it next game. And I'm like, Whoa, like, this is awesome. Like that's not normal. You know, normally nobody wants to talk to anybody after when my parents, you know, these parents are like, 
here you go. We made some cookies and, you know, like, good luck next game. We, we believe in you guys. And it's awesome. It's so exciting to have that now. I, I love it. I, I think a lot more people have to understand and try to bridge that gap. Together. Yeah. You, you do something really well that I've noticed over the years is there are things that happen to you in your personal life mm-hmm. that you never let it affect <laughs> when it comes to your team. Now, you're still vulnerable. You're still yeah. able to – sorry, that noise. I got my gardener okay. out there. But, you know, you're still able to go ahead and reach deep down inside of you and bring what your audience needs, which is your team, your staff, even you. How are you able to do that consistently over time? Um, I'm just very transparent with it all. Um, and I try to, I put things in boxes, like, and I try to separate it and open the box needed at that time. Um, and like the players know, my dad passed away 15 years ago when I was a junior in college and we talk about it, you know, and I talk to them about that process and how I, how I moved through that and how I worked through that. And they see how like, I'm still very vulnerable towards that. It was recently the 15 year anniversary Mm. and my players were all at my house that day. And they're like, why? Like, you, we don't have to come over today for the Halloween party. You know, I'm like, no, like I need you guys here today. And I have something in my house framed. It was my basketball net that I grew up playing on. My sister went and had somebody cut it down this year as a birthday gift to me. And it's framed and it's beautiful and it's in my house. My players are dancing around. We're all dressed up for Halloween and it falls and shatters on the ground. And we all look at each other and they were like, oh my God, like your dad's presence is here. Like this is amazing. And like they get that from me because I'm always (laughs) talking. And I looked and I was like, all choked up and they thought I was upset that it smashed and I'm like no 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 like it means something to me that it actually did it on that day with my whole team there and that they recognized it um so I think it's just you know it's there's a time and a place for everything and and they see that I can do that and that I could separate it and I've been through so much in the past like three years and they've like had my back you know what I'm saying like they've they've supported me through everything and this is a team that they literally come up to me like coach are you okay today I'm like yeah you know just whatever, I had like a rough night or something, you know, I struggled with, you know, I had to drive to go take, watch my niece and then she was sick and I drove back, but I'm good. I'm here now. And they're like, all right, if you need anything, let me know. I don't have class later. I can grab you a coffee. I'm like, what? Like, that's amazing. Like, right. like, it's so cool. Like they actually check in on me, you know, like I got in a, a not great car accident in September. I know missed the first team meeting and I was devastated over that while I'm sitting in the hospital. I'm upset about the team meeting. And they were all like, so nervous and I told my staff I'm like tell them I'm fine I wasn't great but I'm like tell them I'm fine like and they were so concerned that I came in the next day and they're like why are you here leave go rest we're gonna call your mom you know like (laughs) it's it's awesome that they that they see that side of me and that I can show them that side and not be scared of their reaction or um how they're gonna feel towards it yeah I mean I think the transparency being vulnerable yeah. The other thing that I believe that you give very well, and I've been lucky to interview a lot of different leaders, such as yourself, it's hope. Like yeah. hope is such a huge, huge, it's basically all you guys have it. And, and you do a great job selling hope. Is, have you always had that hope? Have you always, did someone teach that? Was it your upbringing? Or is that just yeah. you? Um, it was definitely the way I was, ra- uh, was raised. It was just how my family always was. They were like, whatever you want, just go out there and do it. Like figure out a way to get it done. And just, you know, they were always like truly believe that you're going to do what you want and just figure it out, you know? And, um, hope's always been like the biggest thing. And I think it's a big part of the process that we all have to go through. Cause honestly, if you don't have that, what do you have? What are you working on? You know, like you can't just say something and be like, Oh, it's going to come. Like you have to work for it and, um, really believe in what you want to do. And, 
Um, that's again, it's, it's how I was raised. My parents were awesome. I mean, I was raised with my grandma living in my house, you know, the whole Greek Italian family always, you know, supporting <laughs> it huge, always supporting each other and always, um, honestly believing in everything that we wanted to do as crazy as it was, you know, my goal was to be a professional basketball player. Awesome. I want to be a division one head coach by the time I was 35. Awesome. I want to coach a USA basketball team by the time I'm 40, I'm going to figure it out. You know, like right. these are like my goals and my family's like, okay, cool. Like, they're not like, no, that sounds crazy. You're like, awesome. Let us know what you need. I'm like, okay. Like, and I, and my team sees that and that's how my team works. And honestly, like we played a really tough matchup the other day and all we talked about at halftime was, you know, like they warmed up this game. We warmed up this game. We took the same amount of shots. We just happened to miss them. Mm-hmm. Like believe that you can do it and go out there and do it. And we played them tight. We, you know, we only lost the second half by three and mainly because of that, like we really believed in what we were doing and it was awesome to see us like kind of come out of, come out of that shell, you know? Yeah. The, the, the culture that, that you have built, um, it never happens overnight. It no. takes time. It, it, it goes over and over and over again. Um, talk about some of the core values that you have taught, because I think one of the things that gets lost in this is that you are a strong woman yeah. teaching young women how mm. to be strong. How right. does that work? Um, honestly, like my staff's awesome with it, but just by like leading by example, mm-hmm. um, they kind of see how we function as a unit and how we always, like I said earlier, we always have each other's backs. But as far as culture, you can't pinpoint how to, how to change a culture or how to create a culture. I'm not a big fan of honestly saying change a culture because everybody's culture is different, mm-hmm. um, but it's create the culture you want. And ours is just everybody's a piece of the puzzle. It's so funny. So I have these puzzle pieces on my desk and we're, we're doing a team activity with them because I'm crazy with it, but like know your role and know your piece and know how your piece is going to work to somebody else's. Um, and I think that's like the biggest thing with our culture is um, knowing that you aren't like alone and you need everybody around you from the manager mm-hmm. to the trainer, to the facilities guy, to me to get us to get to where we want. And it all starts off the basketball court. None of it has to do with wins and losses. It has to do with how we treat each other off the court, how we believe in each other, how we support each other, and um, how we're all really honest with each other. Because, like family, you got to you got to be real with each other. The, I guess, uh, well, not I guess. I know a big part of culture is leadership. Yeah. How do you teach leadership Ugh. to young people who basically they're they're they've only been exposed to leadership when someone tells them, hey be a leader like I, what does that really mean and and what are steps that maybe you're taking at a micro level that is trying to really teach them step by step so this is my i hope this answers it somewhat so this is something new that i did this year because i think it's really hard to teach leadership um because there's so many different levels of it there's a vocal leader there's an on-court leader there's there's a leader in everything that you do so what we chose to do this year just because it's it's hard and everybody wants to talk about the generation. Well, we got to figure it out. You know, um, we gave everybody on our team a different leadership role. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's your, you know, the captain, uh, we have two girls that are the leaders of all of the gear, whatever gear you want, whatever sneakers you want, we're not picking it out. You're in charge of it. So now you need to lead your team and find out what they want to wear, you know? And then we have leaders like meals, like, I don't care what you want to eat on the road. Find it. Like, let me know what you guys are in the mood for. Talk to the team, like be a leader. If you guys want Outback, that's great. That's what we're going to find. So we gave literally everybody a different leadership role um, to then kind of put it all together. And it's 
awesome because I hear them say, oh, we got to talk to the gear committee about, you know, the gear <laughs> leaders about, because I saw, you know, Marilyn woman had those hoodies, you know, and then you hear like somebody like, oh, we got to talk to the food people. This place has really good salads. And I'm like, awesome. Like it's so minor, but it's such a big thing. And it takes a lot of honestly off of our plate. But in, in turn, we see them like leading each other and having like little meetings with their groups. And it's awesome. It's so fun. I love that. I mean, you're, so you're giving everybody their own responsibility, and that's right. their that's their domain, that's their lane right. to teach them how to how to be an expert in that. Right, and it has nothing to do with basketball. Yeah, and that's the best part is that it has nothing to do with basketball. It's all, and I do like meetings with them, and it's great. And you know, like leading by example, and and honestly, like admitting your faults. Like my, that's I tell my players all the time, like that I will rip up a scout. I have no pride. I'm like, nope, I was terrible at this. Sorry. <laughs> We're going zone, you know, like, and they see that and I'll be, I'll, I have no problem admitting my faults. And there was a, uh, recently a game and a timeout. I'm like, my bad, called the wrong play 1 million percent, you know, like on me and, and they see that. And uh, it's funny cause they're like, oh, it's okay. And I'm right. like, oh, that's nice. You know, and even in practice, I'll, I'll go start doing a drill and I'll stop and be like, that's completely wrong. I don't know why I thought that that was how we were doing it. You know, my staff's looking at me and I'm like, guys, I messed up, you yeah. know, and I think. I think admitting your faults is a huge part of being a leader. And also, and I tell my team this all the time, knowing that you're learning every day as a leader. Like there's not any leader that's better than me or worse than me. It's just, we're, we all have to learn every single day. Yeah. I, uh, my therapist told me one time, there are two things that are going to help you. Uh, being human and self-deprecation. Yeah. That's it. If you can do those two, then you are, you are okay. All right. Well, my last two questions. All right. Last okay. two questions. Um, First of all, when they eventually make a movie on your life, <laughs> all right, who is playing you? I don't know. Come on. Uh, I don't know. This is crazy. I love movies. <laughs> I know. This is why this is the best question Wait, for you. Wait, do you know who's playing you? Uh, well, uh, a couple people. First of all, Tom Cruise will always play Stop. me. But Stop. he has hair. I just love the way he acts all the time. <laughs> Um, the, I think when they do a movie about me, they're going to do different stages. So like Tom okay. Cruise will be me and then the rock <laughs> will be me as well too right, in different stages. Cause you know, we all I look see. alike. I see that. And I do call myself the pebble. So I think the rock, oh. the pebble, I think we're okay. Oh, I got it. Um, so my alter ego is from a movie. Um, <laughs> like my fake name that I use at like Starbucks is from a movie. Um, so <laughs> So though she's a little older than me, like my one of my favorite actors in the world is Julia Roberts. Yes. Don't think she does basketball, anything related, but she can play me. Um, I like um, possibly a Sandra Bullock solely because she's played so many different roles and now she's getting funny and I think I'm kind of funny. Yes. Um, my niece, if she ever wants to be an actress, could probably play me because she looks just like me and at two years old acts just like me um, and has the same sense of humor. So her. Um <laughs> And I don't know. I think that would be it. I don't. I'm trying to think of like a funny, like a comedian, to be honest, because I I hope my story is a funny one <laughs> because I laugh at myself every day. No, I, I could see it. I could see. I mean, maybe we should just juggle Sandra Bullock and Juliet Roberts because yeah. Sandra could do all the comedic scenes. Right. And then Julie could do like the really deep. Although she'd probably argue and say, wait, I'm funny too. Right. But I think those are two, two things. All right, last question. Here we go. Um, ask. All my guests this question, we are all in love with something that has allowed us to really get to another level, whether a leader, a caretaker, a family member. 
What is the one thing that you are absolutely so in love that defines you? I have two things. Okay, we could do a two. Coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. As I'm chugging coffee. Big fan of coffee. Love me at good Starbucks. Um, My niece, honestly, my niece has completely changed my life. She's two years old and she is literally the love of my life. And I went to see her this morning because I missed her the past two days. Like I'm obsessed with her. She has changed my whole family's life in the best way possible. Um, She's a little miracle and she's the coolest kid ever. Though she's not a lefty, have a feeling she's going to be a good basketball player like her aunt. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Steph, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy, you're, you're game plan, you got practice and everything else. I appreciate it. I know that um, if people want to get a hold of you, I think the best advice I would give them is if you see Coach Steph on the road, bring a cake pop is always yep. good. That's, always. We had a cake pop together. I remember that. I'll never yeah. forget that. Got to um, feed my friends. That's right. And But talk about like where can they reach out to you, social media, different things. I know a lot of people are going to want to hear more about what you do. Um, I have Twitter. Twitter, <laughs> I sound, yes. I feel like such an old lady. I have the Twitter. At least you didn't uh, say the Facebook. If you said the Facebook, then I don't. I did have the <sighs> Facebook. I do not have Facebook anymore. Um, my Twitter handle is liu coach dell. Um, my email address is on our website stephanie.delprior at liu.edu, and all my information's on there. So definitely hit me up. I awesome. like friends. I like people. Well, I tell you what, everybody. She Steph is awesome. I, I can't tell you there. There Thank you. isn't a better person out there in, <laughs> in women's college, in college basketball in general, with the enthusiasm, the energy, the tenacity, the drive, the passion, and the leadership qualities that will help her team. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed that great episode number 16 with Coach Steph Del Piori. I tell you, one of the things that I really got from her was the passion the energy and the love that she has for her team. I encourage all of you to reach out to her. She has a tremendous amount of information in terms how to build a great culture, a great family atmosphere for whether you're on a team, a business, or an organization, whatever it is, reach out to her. She is building a powerhouse over in Long Island, Brooklyn. Before we say goodbye, guys, I just want to thank you for being an avid listener, follower, compassionate person for the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. Without you, we are nothing. We aren't... We. Actually, I don't know where we would be. So I encourage you and I ask you, do me a favor. If you can go over to Be Contagious, I'm sorry, go over to SoundCloud or even iTunes. Comment, like it, share it, this episode to anyone who you feel may need it. I love you guys. Remember, you guys are a light. You have energy. You have enthusiasm. And you have the ability and the opportunity to be contagious for the people around you. Till next time, guys. 